Hello and welcome to Karen's Medical Corner. I'm Karen O'Day. I'm a family nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I have a family practice as well as aesthetic practice and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy for patients. Today we're going to be talking about something that I see frequently in the family practice aspect of the practice and that is uh, people who have uh, silent reflux or laryngopharyngeal reflux as it's better known um, professionally. Now uh, the symptoms can be a little bit hard to determine what's causing the problem and that's why it turns into a bit of a detective hunt. But if people know the signs and symptoms sometimes they can uh, do some dietary environmental lifestyle modifications to see if it helps their symptoms prior to coming in for evaluation. So laryngopharyngeal reflux occurs when you have a small amount of stomach contents, so stomach acid, coming up into the larynx and the pharyngeal area. So heartburn is when you have stomach acid that comes just into the esophagus. That's where we have people who complain of heartburn, they'll take antacids, although a lot of times with laryngopharyngeal reflux they don't have heartburn because the amount of acid required to cause symptoms in the throat is much less than what's required in the esophagus. So a lot of times I'll see patients, they come in and they're complaining of chronic throat clearing or they're having a little bit of a sore throat worse in the morning than in other times during the day. They might also complain of uh, what's called a globus sensation in the throat or feeling like there's a ball of mucus stuck in their throat or a lump in the throat. Sometimes people will have chronic cough. They may have some hoarseness. Sometimes that'll be worse in the morning and kind of gets better throughout the day. Sometimes they'll have a little bit of increase in post-nasal drip, uh, choking sensation in the throat. Um, but one of the main things that I hear about is just the chronic throat clearing. Uh, they'll feel like they have a cold and it just doesn't get better or they'll have a cold and then after the cold is gone they'll continue with these symptoms. One of the most common causes of recurrence of laryngopharyngeal reflux is having an upper respiratory infection because if you're coughing a lot you're actually putting pressure on the um, closure between the stomach and the esophagus and that can let acid escape a little bit of it up into the throat. So this can be really bothersome for people. They also uh, can't seem to clear it up with routine uh, treatments like uh, cough medicine or antihistamines, so they'll come in for evaluation. When we look at laryngopharyngeal reflux and these symptoms, there's a couple of ways to diagnose it. Sometimes providers will initially try uh, to do a uh, kind of a tentative diagnosis and have people do things at home as well as give them antacids or what we call proton pump inhibitors to see if their symptoms get better. But for an actual diagnosis, the gold standard, which I don't know if it's done a lot, uh, would be what's called a hemi-PH. So a hemi-PH is a hypopharyngeal esophageal um, test which checks the pH of refluxed contents into the um, laryngopharyngeal area over a 24-hour period of time. It is an invasive test, so a lot of times that might not be done as a first-line treatment, but it is considered the gold standard. 
However, a lot of um, ear, nose, and throat providers, and uh, with my training in ENT, I do that in my office as well, is with a flexible fiber optic laryngoscopy where you can actually take a little magnified scope and go in through the nose down to the base of the throat and evaluate the vocal cords and the um, the entire area to see if you see any staining from acid uh, to check for any polyps or masses uh, you can check the piriform sinuses see if they're uh, a little bit uh, swollen and that can oftentimes give a diagnosis you can have the person move their vocal cords to determine how the vocal cords are working and so this is oftentimes when somebody's referred to ear, nose, and throat, the testing that would actually be done because it's an, an in-office procedure. It's very, very easy to do. It takes only a few minutes to do it. Sometimes people will have it done without any type of numbing to the nasal cavity. And sometimes other people will have a little bit of Afrin and um, topical lidocaine placed so that they don't feel the scope. Uh, but the scope usually isn't painful. It usually just makes your eyes water. Uh, going in through the nose bypasses the gag reflex so that the patient isn't gagging. So it's an easy way to kind of check to see what's going on at the base of the throat. Now, things that can also cause these symptoms, so we have to have what's called a differential diagnosis because you can't assume that everybody who has chronic throat clearing or some hoarseness has laryngopharyngeal reflux. So differential diagnosis would be, you know, an upper respiratory infection, uh, asthma, allergies, sinus infection, uh, chronic inflammatory conditions of the upper respiratory tract, and also, you know, obviously anytime somebody has symptoms, we always have to rule out that we see any masses or nodules or potential for, uh, for cancer. So once the diagnosis is made, whether it's made through the HEMI-PH test or through um, flexible fiber optic laryngoscopy, uh, there are things that can be done to help treat the symptoms. So uh, we usually tell the patients initially that uh, dietary, environmental, and lifestyle modifications need to be made because there really isn't a magic pill to treat laryngopharyngeal reflux. Now, if you have heartburn, you can take an antacid like, say, uh, Tums or Pepsid or maybe a proton pump inhibitor like Prilosec or otherwise known as omeprazole, and symptoms tend to get better in about 20 minutes. Well, sometimes when patients with laryngopharyngeal reflux are placed on these medicines, they don't work as well because it takes a long time to start to damage those delicate tissues with just a little bit of acid, and so it's going to take a long time for that area to heal. So I always tell my patients, you have to do the environmental, dietary, lifestyle modifications in order to have symptom relief. And if you want to have a prescription for the antacids or the proton pump inhibitor, that may make your symptoms better quicker. But things that people can do at home as far as dietary-wise. The first is to eat smaller meals. So instead of three big meals a day, you would want to eat five small meals a day. And in these meals, you want to avoid foods that increase your acid production or increase your reflux into the throat. So that would be anything fried, anything fatty, anything that's dipped in batter or rolled in breadcrumbs. You want to avoid spicy foods. So that includes foods like uh, 
hot sauce or green chili, uh, anything that is uh, going to burn the throat. Other things to avoid would be alcohol because alcohol not only relaxes the closure, that esophageal sphincter that is in, it closes off the stomach to keep acid in, but it also relaxes with alcohol. So when you drink alcohol, you'll have a slight relaxation of that closure and allow a little bit of acid to come into the throat. Alcohol, even if it's sweet, also is can be caustic to the throat. It, it burns the throat as it goes down. And that's pretty apparent with some of the harder alcohol uh, products, but it's also occurring even if you're drinking a liqueur that's pretty sweet. So alcohol would be something to be avoided. Caffeine as well. Caffeine not only needs to be avoided because it also relaxes that closure and will let just a little bit of acid come up into the throat. And that's, again, what we want to avoid in order for healing of those delicate tissues to occur. Other things that can cause you to have more acid into the throat would be anything like garlic or onions, any citrus fruit like oranges, lemons, limes, grapefruits, anything that has carbonation in it. So if you're burping, you're putting acid into your throat. So if it's carbonated water, if it's carbonated soda, no matter what it is, if you're consuming carbonated beverages, you are going to have some reflux of uh, acid into your throat. Other things that you would want to avoid would be chocolate. Chocolate, as well as mints, also causes an increase of uh, acid into the throat because it, again, relaxes that closure into the uh, from the esophageal sphincter allowing acid to come up into the throat. Um, other things that you would want to avoid would be anything that is hard to digest and that's why we say a lot of fried foods you want to stay away from those as well. Um, you want to drink increased amount of water uh, because that's good for your system, although don't overfill with water. That's why you should eat approximately five meals a day and not and also drink water throughout the day. But you want to stop consuming uh, foods and you want to stop consuming fluids about two to three hours before you go to bed because if you lay down with food or liquid in your stomach, it's going to put pressure on the esophageal sphincter and that's going to allow, again, a small amount of acid to come into the throat. So making sure you're sitting upright after you eat a meal, not laying down for two to three hours after eating a meal. And then exercise as well. A lot of people want to exercise and, and carrying extra weight also puts extra pressure on that esophageal closure and allows acid to come into the throat. So maintaining a good weight is really important. And people want to exercise and maybe get some of that extra weight off. But don't exercise for at least an hour to two hours after you eat because you also don't want to put pressure again on that closure and cause a little bit of acid to come into the throat. And that includes bending over, getting pans out of the out of your cupboards if they're down on the ground. You know, bend at your knees so that you're not bending over, putting the head below the level of the heart and increasing that pressure in the stomach. Uh, other things that uh, you want to do is you want to avoid wearing any tight clothing because tight clothing, again, is putting pressure on the outside of the body uh, to the inside and increases the pressure to let a little bit of acid come up into the throat. And then when people have 
things that come up, like if they have allergies or an upper respiratory infection and they're coughing, that's definitely uh, going to increase their symptoms. And so there's not a lot that you can do about that when you happen to have a cold or you have allergies except to try and, and uh, either take home remedies or medications prescribed by your provider to help treat those symptoms. Other things that you can do to help treat your symptoms um, of acid coming into the throat is sleeping with the head of your bed elevated. Now that does not include stacking pillows and sleeping on a stack of pillows. That actually can make your symptoms worse because when you sleep with stacked pillows you tend to scrunch up at night and again putting more pressure on your stomach and allowing acid to come into the throat. But you can buy bed blocks. You can buy them almost anywhere. You can buy them at Target. You can buy them at Walmart. You can order them online. And those uh, bed blocks will either be, you know, starting at about four inches, going up to about eight inches. I'll usually tell people to start at a little lower wedge just because you don't want to feel like you're quite so elevated all at once. Um, but you can start where, wherever you'd like. But that, again, helps take pressure off of the stomach. And, and uh, so, so those are some of the things that can help relieve your symptoms. So if people are doing those things, and they can also take anything like uh, antacids as long as they're not contraindicated with any other medicines you're taking. So that would be things over the counter like Tums or um, Pepsid or um, uh, you could take a proton pump inhibitor over the counter like omeprazole. Again, if it's not contraindicated, you want to check with your provider prior to taking any over-the-counter medications. And again, these are not magic pills. So a lot of times, most of my patients don't want to take medication because, again, all medication has side effects. So I'll tell them, you know, if you can do all of these changes and give it about four to six weeks, you'll start to see changes. But it's not overnight. You can't make a dietary change. You can't raise the head of your bed and, and expect for your symptoms to go away overnight. That tissue has to heal. So when you have that inflamed tissue, you're secreting extra fluids to try to heal it. And that tissue is a very delicate and it does take a while to get better. So I usually tell patients don't expect to see any symptom relief for four to six weeks. And then you really won't see how well you're doing uh, symptom-wise for about three months. And then if you go back to foods that you were eating before that can cause you to have that reflux into the throat, like say tomatoes, which we know are acidic, uh, and you have symptoms, well, that's because your tissue is being uh, damaged again. And so a lot of these changes for laryngopharyngeal reflux are need to be permanent changes or else you'll have symptoms again. These symptoms can also... You know, if you don't treat laryngopharyngeal reflux, what's the dangers of not treating it? Well, the dangers of not treating it is that it, you can have some acid that actually gets past those uh, vocal cords and down into the, the lung tissue. That can make asthma worse. It can make any type of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease worse. It can give you, uh, if it's coming up past that area into the back of the throat, it can actually irritate the sinuses and just cause a lot of uh, sinus uh, irritation and chronic sore throats. Uh, it changes the tissue over time at the DNA level and can, if it's not treated, predispose you to having cancer uh, in your throat in the vocal cords uh, or the area known as the voice box. So 
it is important to treat it. Now, sometimes people will have severe symptoms and they have been on medication from their provider. They are making all of the dietary environmental lifestyle modifications and sometimes they'll need to be seen by gastroenterology because ear, nose, and throat is usually the one that will diagnose it initially. But if it's not improving, they may, you may need a referral to go to see gastroenterology to see what's going on in the stomach because sometimes if people have a hiatal hernia, that can make symptoms worse and make it a little bit resistant to uh, these treatments. And so if it's severe, there are uh, surgical interventions that can be done that can help correct the symptoms. But seeing what you can do at home, you know, avoiding uh, foods that are offensive, making sure you're carrying uh, your optimal weight, making sure that you're eating five small meals a day and not three, wearing loose clothing, not laying down for two to three hours after you eat can all be um, remedies that can help you substantially at home and help keep you off the medications and hopefully help keep you off the path to surgery. So this was just a short um, introduction to symptoms of laryngopharyngeal reflux. Uh, heartburn is different again because it's affecting the esophagus and actually causing that pain in the esophagus, but it's all caused by the same stomach contents, which is acid. So we'll be putting on the website um, a handout for uh, people to look at that give you these environmental dietary lifestyle modifications. And then if you feel like you need to take any medication, if your symptoms aren't getting better, uh, again, don't don't wait. See your healthcare provider uh, if they are unable to do. Um, a scope on you to take a look in the vocal cords, request a referral to ear, nose, and throat. And it's a simple procedure. It's not painful. They can do it quickly and tell you if indeed, yes, that is what they believe is going on, or if you need a more uh, thorough uh, evaluation with the HEMI-PH test, uh, which you know may or may not be necessary, or if you need evaluation by gastroenterology. So if you have any questions, if you would like to uh, hear about any other topics or you have any input, please feel free to um, contact us at uh, our email, which is uh, evercarefamilypractice at gmail.com or on our website, www.evercarefamilypractice.com. You can call us at 505-780-8301 or you can leave... Um, a message on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube, or on any of the um, podcasts that this is broadcast on. And I want to thank Kathy and Amanda and Serena and all of the listeners out there from uh, California that we've seen on our site. Thank you for listening and we appreciate again any input and thank you for uh, taking time uh, to listen to our podcast and uh, have a good night.